Hey, this is Chris to make some less than Jake, and you're listening to Mark and Me. Don't touch that dial. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Mark and Me podcast. Hopefully you've listened to a previous episode of this podcast and you will know that each week I do two or three episodes interviewing all different people from all different walks of life. But this time round you're getting three sets of guests. That's right, I'm back yet again to give you another festival special. This last week I was lucky enough to attend Slam Dunk Festival in the North and the South. I had an absolutely amazing time. The weather was fantastic. Everyone at the press tent was awesome. I made some incredible friends. I met up with some previous friends. And I just had an absolute blast. And I've had an absolutely incredible time interviewing some awesome bands for you all. And I'm really proud to tell you that on today's special, I'm going to be giving you interviews with the amazing bands Movements, Less Than Jake and Paris. So a real variety in sound, bands and everything that you could wish for. And I'm really excited to share those interviews with you in just a couple of moments time. But just before we get there, I just want to give a big shout out to the amazing Emma Van Dykes and Siobhan Connor. You guys made this weekend unbelievable. The press tent was amazing. I got to see some good friends from other podcasts. I got to see the guys at Rock Sound. I'm a huge, huge lover of Sapnin podcasts, so it was great to see Morgan and Sean and hang out. And honestly, you were so accommodating all weekend, and I had one of the best weekends, and it's the start of an amazing, busy festival period for Mark and me. But what I want to do today is to give you the very first episode. And this interview is one of my favourites that I've done at any festival. These guys are really down to earth, really humble and one of my favourite interviews that I've done all weekend. But I want to start things off really high. So let's get to it. Here's me and Movements talking all things music. It starts I'm here with Movements. Both of you, how the hell are you doing? We're good, man. Doing awesome. That's yeah. awesome to hear. It's bloody hot today. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm this melting. This is hot for you? Yeah, this is... Oh, we were, fr- like, shivering In earlier. their coats. Look at these yeah, guys. I'm, I'm wearing a jacket, but I will say... It's warm in this tent. It is very bright out, and I... You know, coming to the UK, I was just like, yeah, I don't need sunglasses or anything. It's fine. And I regret that decision today. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what I do on this podcast to give the listeners out there that may have not heard movements, you never know, there are people out there that may have not tuned in right I'd now. I'd say most. What we try and do is give them an idea of basically how you guys fell in love with music. So yeah. what I want to know from both of you is that first album that you remember buying that basically made you just want to be in a band and play music all day every day oh man it, for me it wasn't a record that i bought it was a record that i stole from my cousin who i looked up to very much and he was like into 
punk rock and, and hardcore and shit. And uh, at the time, I was probably eight or nine years old and didn't really have much of um, much of my own music sense. I only listened to what my parents listened to in the car and whatnot. And uh, I remember that I was uh, my cousin was staying the night at our house and he had a little Walkman. And this was like early 2000s uh, and he had Good Charlotte, uh, Young and Hopeless or Young and, yes, yeah, Young and Hopeless, right? Yeah, fuck. Look at me, I'm a fake fan. I'll it's edit, not even I'll edit this so you say it perfectly and we'll yeah. never have done so, this. So, it was like the first, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. That would make, that would make sense. So it was that, so, okay, he had this Walkman, right? Okay, cool. And he had the CD and inside the, the Walkman, the CD was uh, Good Charlotte, Young oh, and the Hopeless. What a great album. Amazing album. Uh, and that was like my first introduction to anything that wasn't uh, oldies pop radio and, uh, and, and show tunes. <laughs> and that like, you know, that, that made me fall in love with it, man. And, and from there, I, I, I found bands like, uh, you know, Green Day. And, and even I think, you know, he even introduced me to like, Simple Plan and shit. Like that was like what really started my love for it all. And I think from there, it was just a, a tumbleweed effect, you know? Is yours as cool as this? <laughs> um, I'm trying to, like, it, it was like uh, all my friends and stuff at the time were listening to stuff. And at first I was like, I don't know if I'm really into this or not. And then I think it was Blink-182 that, like, really, like, dragged me into it. Like, you know, um, I, I loved the self-titled record. Like, that's still one of my favorite records to this day. But I will say... Like, once I started, like, owning music, I think the first CD I owned was Yellow Card Ocean Avenue, and that was... Who were on this lineup? Yeah. Yeah. They, they literally are. Um, but yeah, that was the album that I, like, you know, got to take home and, like, listen to and, like, really soak it in, and um, that, that was a really big rec- record for me, influentially, for sure. Yeah. It all changed for me when I see a band live, and I've said this on a few interviews today, but I was quite fortunate that the first gig I went to was Green Day on their Dookie tour. Sick. What a great band. But Amazing. Was yours cool? Was it a first good gig that you tell, or do you lie and tell people it's something else? Um, I am... Well, this is the thing. I'm comfortable owning up to it now. There was a time in my life where I was really embarrassed by what my first gig was. Come on. I'm not embarrassed by it anymore because actually now I think it's kind of awesome. But I think for a little while there, I maybe would have gotten made fun of this, but or made fun of for this. Uh, my first ever concert was stacked, okay? It was fucking the ready set opened. And I was like 14, okay. maybe, maybe 13. It was the ready set, never shout never, we the kings, boys like girls. <laughs> at the House of Blues in Anaheim. Fucking which hell. It, which used to be, this was the original House of Blues, which was at downtown Disney before it got ripped out and moved elsewhere. So that was my first show ever. Okay, I told my parents that it was an acoustic show, quote unquote, <laughs> because they only knew who Never Shout Never was. And I said, mom and dad, it's fine. It's not a rock show. It's just an acoustic band. Like it's just a guy with a guitar. And they let me go to this show and I think they were waiting outside for a while after the show, you know, w- waiting for us for, for the show to be over. And they heard uh, Boys Like Girls playing, which like not a heavy band by any means. But my parents were like, "You said it was an acoustic <laughs> show, and you you tricked us into you going to a rock rock concert and all this stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> That's so good. That is like a very stacked bill. I, crazy. That's actually nuts. Uh, yeah, my first show. I think I was. Probably like 13, something like that. Like, I was into all the music, but I just hadn't gone to a show yet. 
Um, but it was Taking Back Sunday when, um, what's that record? Uh, Louder Now just came out. Um, and they were also playing with Angels and Airwaves. And I'm not sure who opened that tour. I have to, like, look it up. But, um, yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. It's at the Long Beach Arena. and uh, Huge. Yeah. And they, they have, like, recordings from that show, and that was my first show. It's kind of nuts. These are really cool gigs. We're lucky. We're mean, very, we grew, on this we grew up in right now. <laughs> this is very cool first ever shows. I, we, we grew up in a good place for music, you know? Southern California, it's like, who doesn't hit Southern California when they're touring, you know? So we, we got super lucky with awesome bands coming through all the time. One of my favorite bands who I want to see at the House of Blues is Thrice. I absolutely fucking oh, love that dude. band. Top 10 band of all time for me. On my list. Orange I've had, County Legends. Mate, I've had Dustin on this podcast three times. Yeah. That band for me, Evolve. There is no other band on the planet that have literally never played it safe. They just keep fucking getting better and better. Straight up. They're so good. Amazing band. Dustin's voice, my God. Like, unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. I could talk about Thrice all day long, but yeah. you guys Same. you guys are here right now, and genuinely, you must look at that bill, see these bands on here, Enter Shikari, bands like Offspring, Yellow Card, who you've mentioned. To see your name on that poster amongst these must be like a pinch me, like this is fucking awesome. It's it's kind of crazy sometimes, you know, but we just love what we do, you know, like we love this job Like we would not want to do anything else and you know, we've been working hard for years on our music and just Playing up and like getting on these bills and it is crazy like to think about it sometimes It's just like oh, that's wild. We're playing with these people that inspired us to even play a guitar, you know straight up I mean the fact that like uh so we played right before Hawthorne Heights today, and, and Hawthorne Heights historically has been one of my favorite bands. I mean, that was like... Dude, they're, they're on literally after you here. Literally, yeah. Uh, tell them we said, hey. We will do. Uh, and you want to support them on their whole world tour. Yeah, exactly. No, so it's funny. Like, we're actually, we're good friends with them now. That's uh, awesome. But I remember that being one of those moments where, you know, a, a few years ago when we met them and, and started to become friends and whatever, I remember thinking like, man, this is fucking crazy. Like you know 12 year old pat would have been fucking freaking out that like <laughs> he's talking to his favorite band you know like little emo kid me would have been you know on a on another fucking planet if i you know was able to see see me now then you know and it's crazy dude but uh yeah i mean it's 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 a very very cool feeling and uh it's even more cool when you get to see like your heroes kind of become human and and they're become, real and become peers yeah. you know it's uh it's a really special thing, so we're just happy to be here. Are you guys nervous? Do you guys think when you're looking at the bill with these bands that have been going over 20 years, one of the first albums I ever owned was Smash by Offspring, and I still look at those guys as fucking gods. Like, they played self-esteem and stuff like that. Yeah. Anthems. They maybe want to pick up the guitar. Do you guys look at it and think, fuck, we need to up our game because these bands are fucking legends? I think it's important, like, when you're, like, writing music and stuff to just kind of be yourself and kind of do your own thing you know you don't have to sound like a band or like do this like just doing what makes you happy and writing the music that you like and think your fans will enjoy I think I never looked at it like that sort of way you know like that's how that's how mindset my mindset is on it that's awesome yeah I agree I think that it's um you know obviously it's inspiring to see these huge bands who have been doing this for you know 10 20 30 years uh and who are still continuing to to make a living uh that's incredible that's literally the only thing that people in our 
world could ever ask for. You know, that's like that is the 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 best possible outcome. Uh, and I think that as a band, we always do need to challenge ourselves to continue to grow and to continue to like push those boundaries and hopefully someday work hard enough that you know it does pay off and we do get to do this for our careers forever. Um, so yeah, I think Austin's right. We're never gonna pander to anybody just because we think that it's going to make us blow up. It's not about that. It's about no. doing what you do and staying true to what you do, but also growing and allowing natural change to, you know, bring bigger opportunities to your band. And, you know, if 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 it works, great. If for whatever reason it fails miserably, we've already accomplished more as a band than we ever thought we were going to, and we can all literally like die happy knowing that this is this was our dream and we've already exceeded all of our expectations do you know i've done like 270 episodes of this podcast and genuinely guys i mean this i don't think i've ever met a couple of guys that are so down to earth and so humble and it's so fucking good because i've interviewed bands i'm not mentioning anyone but their head's gone so far up their own ass it comes they come back out again yeah. but it's so nice to hear people that are just so fucking grateful to be given the opportunity and to do what you do because you love it absolutely you're not doing it because you want to do a crash like a quick cash grab or this right. sellout album that's just going to be played on this certain radio station you do it because you fucking want to do it and it's in your blood and you can tell just by meeting you today you're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. It really fucking means Seriously. a lot. It, oh, yeah. I can't wait now to come and see your set. And the good thing is, we're going to be at Leeds tomorrow as yeah. well. And I've not got as many interviews tomorrow, which is great. Nice. So we're going to come and watch all the set and have a flash with you guys. Well, you better sing as loud as you can because I my voice is feeling blink. rough, if you I can't tell. I am sorry to everyone listening that I'm making him talk because <laughs> I'm now responsible. Yeah, you're responsible if I can't sing tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Fucking hell. I take everything back. You're the worst band in the world. But... Um, <laughs> You're just about as well to release Ruckus. Yes. Is that exciting? Are you starting to try and get some of those new tracks incorporated oh, into man. the set? Or are you just a little bit like playing it safe of just playing the hits? It feels so good to play the new songs. You know, like we've been, you know, it, it takes a while to put out a record, you know, once you write the songs, mix them, master and record them. Like, so we've, we've been kind of sitting on these for almost... Dude, like a year. I mean, we've literally been sitting on That's our new insane. songs for so long to the point where they don't even feel new to us anymore. But it is, it's awesome being able to slowly incorporate them into the set. It's, it's nerve-wracking. It's scary. You know, playing new songs, you never know how they're going to be received. Um, and we played a headliner the other night in London at um, the Underworld. Yep. And it was... Uh, it was packed out, sold out, fucking so sweaty. Uh, and we, you know, I told the crowd, I was like, hey, we were, we were going to play our, our, one of our new singles, Lead Pipe. I said, this is our first time that we've ever played this song, okay? And I was like, straight up, playing new songs is really awkward because most of the time people don't know it and they don't want to sing along or they're afraid to be like singing along because no one else is singing along. You know what I mean? So I was like, don't let that happen fucking go crazy <laughs> pretend like you know the song even if you fucking don't and just have a good time and and you know let's let's not let this energy die just because it's a new song and i swear to god man we've never had a better reaction to a new song ever it, in any of our sets that we've ever played it was this like is, this is karma for being good guys it's ah. just like your fucking <laughs> treat if you were dickheads everyone would have gone what the fuck is this it new shit yeah it was awesome dude so That's i mean yeah it feels it feels great to this to you know 
slowly be able to start playing these new tracks and we're just excited to have the record out man it's gonna be awesome i can't wait to hear it man and my final question for you guys and i've done this on 270 episodes right. is the guests get to choose the last piece of music that's played it can be any song any band anyone that means a lot to you there's two of you today you'll both give me your first suggestion that comes to your heart and your head and I'll toss a coin or I'll mix it up and put both in the episode. Okay. But something that you fucking worship, that when today's episode is all edited and out there, that piece of music or songs played straight after your interview, and you're both like, that's the song. And we had to agree on it? No, no, you can have one <laughs> each, and then, or we do rock, paper, scissor. I don't know what we do. We do okay, something. I'm, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to uh, show some love to an artist who is very small. Yeah. Uh, who I believe in with my entire heart, uh, who I think is going to be or has the potential to be one of the best alternative rock uh, artists of, you know, the, the newer generation of, of bands that are doing it right Listen now. Listen to him building this um, up. <laughs> I, I love this band. I love this artist. I think they are phenomenal. Uh, their name is Moth, M-O-T-H-E. Nice. Um, and they have a, a record that they, they just put out last year, and, I, and I'm blanking on the name. And, of course, my phone doesn't work here, so you'll have to, you'll have to look up the band for me. We can do this on Spotify me. for you now. Uh, but Off with an E. Yeah, M-O-T-H-E. Uh, their name is Spencer. Uh, they're a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, lyricist and incredible musician, um, sort of a prodigy sort of situation, and, and they just they rock. Uh, yeah, so I Don't Want You to Worry Anymore is the album that just uh, came out last year. Awesome. And, uh, easily my favorite record of 2022. It was unbelievable. Is there a certain uh, track on there? Dancing on an Empty Floor is phenomenal. Uh, but I think my favorite song on this entire record is Concrete Smile. However. Oh, oh however. Concrete Smile is a little bit more of a deep cut. It's a little softer. Okay. And dancing on an empty floor is like a banger. Let's go with that. So I want a banger. I would say to do the banger. But yeah, dancing on an empty floor, debt collector, wrong places. Every single fucking song on this record is incredible. I believe in this person so much. Uh, that's it. That's all. That I just want them. I want to show them some love. Uh, are you a fan of theirs at all? I don't know. I can't Not really. Yeah. No, they're all right. <laughs> what I like about this is some people come on here and will pick like. The Beatles or um, Foo Fighters, and that's great, and they're classics. But I love discovering new music, and I've not heard Moth, so I'll now spend the next week probably going down this whole fucking YouTube and Spotify journey, fall in love with this band, become obsessed with them, and then, like you, be passionate and be telling the world about them. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to do a similar thing as well. I, I, I love shouting out homies. Um, so, um, there's this band called Cherry Domingo. We've taken them out in the States. They're from, um, uh, Los yeah, yeah, greater Los Angeles. And they're just such an awesome band, just such great people like me and, um, our drummer is really good, like friends with them. And, um, I just hang out with like their singer. We play Magic the Gathering all the time and it's great. Um, so I would say a song by theirs that I love would be I mean I, I like the first track on their new EP called Life Is Good. It's it's such a good song, um, such a good band. Like, highly recommend it. Guys, genuinely, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you come on. When the album's out, come back on, man. We know your yeah. people. Come back and talk about the album in more Absolutely. detail. Let's do an episode just dedicated to you. I mean, this special will go out. 
and there'll be episodes with three bands on so it could be you and Hawthorne Heights and Billy Talent I don't Amazing. know what we're going to do yeah. but let's get you back on let's do it over Zoom and sit down and talk absolutely yeah ages, I'd love that because we would love you to are do that, more yeah. than welcome and Amazing, man. Thank you. I welcome it whenever you guys are ready awesome yeah, thank you so wait. much So there's my first interview with Movements, and I think they're absolutely awesome guys. Really grounded, really humble, they are really appreciative of how they've come to where they've got to at this point, and honestly, they're just the nicest guys. And I welcome them back on Mark and Me at any time for an interview, hopefully longer, which we can talk all about their new music and the tour and everything else. One of the bands definitely to keep an eye on, and I can't wait to see more of them very soon. Next up, we have the amazing Less Than Jake. Honestly, this band deserved their main stage slot more than anyone. Absolute legends, and the podcast itself is funny, interesting, and again, left me wanting more. So I'm hoping that when they're back in the new year with Bowling for Soup on the UK tour, I'll get some more time with them and give you a brand new, even longer episode. But until then, let's give you this special from Slam Dunk. Next up, here's me and Less Than Jake talking all things music. So I'm here with Less Than Jake at the incredible Slam Dunk and we are melting right now, which is not good. But welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. You guys speak for yourselves. I think it's fantastic Florida weather out here right now. I'm loving the humidity. I have a jacket on right now. (laughs) It's subtropical in this tent. It's It's incredible. We've made it so it feels like home for you guys. You really did. And in two weeks time, it's going to rain and be shitty and it'll just be back to normal England. So enjoy (laughs) it while it's here. What I like to do with all the guests that come on the podcast is get an idea of basically how music got into your life. So when you were growing up, tell me about that first album that you remember maybe buying with pocket money or you maybe stole it or borrowed it from someone. But that album that you first listened to that made you say, fucking hell, I want to be in a band. There was a lot of them. The first one that I bought with my own money was 40 years ago. It was a band called Quiet Riot, Metal Health. That was the first one that I, a cassette that I actually bought with my own money. Awesome. Uh, but my parents were musicians, so prior to that, I, I grew. I had music in the household, and so did he. Yeah, I definitely grew up with music on all the time, and a lot of like Brazilian traditional music. And then, like my uncle was sort of like my big brother that was in the metal and stuff. And that's like the first record that I had in my room that was my record was a was a, a record that my uncle had two of, and it was Iron Maiden Number of the Beast. I think I was nine or ten years old. So wow. Yeah, I started. I started with a lot of the heavy stuff. Which is weird. That's a big foundation to build upon. Like, Iron Maiden's like, fuck yeah. And then where'd you go from there? It's been my favorite band, you know, pretty much my whole life. It's crazy, man. Still going. I think it's a crime that Maiden is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just want to throw that in there. It's because it's going to be worth the wait. Eventually, it will happen and we'll all say, finally. It all changed uh, for me when I started watching live music. And one of the first gigs I ever went to was literally watching Green Day on their Dookie tour. 
And when I saw them on stage, I thought to myself, how the fuck are three people making this much noise? What was that first gig that you guys went to where you were like, yep, that's what I want to do. I don't want to go and do a nine to five. I want to be like these people up on stage. I mean, uh, uh, probably before I probably before I ever saw a gig, um, it, it would have been on TV, you know, yeah. on the telly. I would see things, you know, like bands play. And then, of course, MTV came along. And that was that was my generation's you know youtube that's where you that's where you tune into to see stuff so that would have been it for me and then as far as first gigs go like i mean uh, god i saw fishbone and the mighty mighty boss tones very early on awesome and 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 that really i was like if, if i could do a sliver of what these guys are doing i'd be set see i think it's weird because like I grew up with my uncle's band rehearsing in the house the entire time that I was growing up. They, the band was rehearsing in the basement. So like a band practicing or like, oh, we have a show this weekend just was never a foreign thing to me. And I had seen them play a bunch of times before my real first concert, which was U2 on the Joshua Tree Tour in a huge wow. ass arena was the first real concert that I went to. So I was just always exposed to music as like part of your lifestyle or something. So nothing of it was really foreign to me about it. We're showing our age a bit now because we're talking about MTV actually showing music videos. Do you remember those good old days when you'd actually discover bands on music television? Well, it was either, you know, whatever local radio station or the BBC uh, for you guys here yep. or, or MTV. It's same thing in the States. It was whatever was playing on the radio. You know, we didn't we didn't have the Internet. So that's what it was. And if you lived where I lived, you know, Roger was in a way more culturally culturally diverse place than I was. I was on the other coast of Florida. Couldn't have been two different worlds. Uh, I, I didn't know of punk rock till even the term till I was probably 13, 14. Someone gave me a Misfits cassette and I was like, what is this? You know? So um, it's uh, it, it, it's way different now. I was talking to someone earlier. I wouldn't even know where to begin to, to be a band now. You know, we, we, we did it when it, when it was, it was different. <laughs> I, I miss the days of queuing up for a vinyl or well, a CD or a tape and going on MTV as well and like discovering new bands like watching a music video that felt like a film Smashing Pumpkins um, Tonight Tonight felt like a theatre production I was like this music video is fucking epic I'd go and buy the album read all the lyrics listen to every single track nowadays it's like everyone's attention span is like nah I can't be fucked I'll move on to the next band yeah but they but that's all they know it's tough see it's it, like we, we say god I miss those days uh, going through the record store going oh my god I got a record my mate doesn't have you know like yeah. holy shit I found this this limited edition vinyl uh, but the, the kids that are consuming music they, they don't know that feeling so to them it's just it's how they get music they you know everyone's listening now going this is fucking granddad podcast this is fucking <laughs> crazy but what you guys have made a good point here is that you guys have been doing it for a long time what is it that keeps you hungry? What is it that make you turn up today and you're like, I want to fucking blow the stage apart? You know, what is it that still I makes mean, honestly, you? Honestly, we just we just still have fun hanging out. We still have fun playing our songs, and we still having fun going out there and making a show out of it. It's just a it's it's a, it's different than working on songs in the studio. It's a different energy. We're out there performing. We want people to have a good time, forget about their lives for a little while, and like you know, we get to be a part of that. And it's just fun to play our songs still. What's really cool as well is when you look at the lineup, there must be some bands that you've toured with for years or you've shared the stage with. I'm not just saying this because I'm sat here now. Slam Dunk in the UK is such an established festival now. You're guaranteed, honestly, the best lineup every year. So to look at the poster and see you so high up, you guys must be like, that's a cool poster with us on. 
I mean, it's it's incredible. And there's going to be people here today that have never heard of us, have never seen the band play, that hopefully they'll come back when we're on our next run over here. You know, that's and to be able to get invited to play these, you know, how else do you grow your band when you've been around for 30 years? You know, you, you have to go out and do this. And every, everything that Roger said, I can say the same thing. You know, we at the end of the day, it's work. We put a lot of time and effort into this, but but we still love doing it. Yeah, definitely lucky that we, you know, played some of the earlier slam dunks when it was nowhere near this size. And I feel like, you know, they're kind of patting us on the back for that years later. And here we are. So it's awesome. I've had recently on the podcast Jimmy Eat World, um, Incubus, and they're bands that have been going 25 years, you know, and you still see them on stage. Kids. Yeah, exactly. No, just kidding, just it's fucking crazy. <laughs> but you see these bands and they still got the hunger, they still got the desire. Be honest, do you guys still get nervous? Do you look out there and think, fucking hell, there's a lot of people? Or is it just in your blood now that you just turn it on, go on stage, and you're just like, this is what I'm meant to do? Yeah, I think, you know, we've been doing it long enough that, you know, it's, it's it might be a little bit of anxiety and anxiousness going on you know knowing that you're going to expend a bunch of energy but as far as like being confident about what we can do as far as playing together and you know hitting the notes and stuff i don't really ever i haven't felt that in a long time thankfully <laughs> what yeah. about you uh, same thing you know there's there's sometimes uh you know i, I try my best the, the longer this goes on to not have expectations i can only i'm only one guy out of five i could only do my best and just hope that i have a good time and that it, that it translates and uh, it's taken a little bit of pressure off because, you know, there was times when, like, you know, am I going to be able to sing this correctly? Am I going to be able to get through this set? My voice hurts a little bit. And it, it, it's just a gig, you know. And sometimes that's the charm of it. The audience is like, oh, he sounded a little shit today. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> At least it's real. At least it's not a backing track. There you go. And you guys, is it like a point in your life now where you're finding yourself like, looking at the tour because you're doing an album tour aren't you playing that whole album in its entirety I looked at the list of dates and I'm like when the fuck are you going to sleep when are you going to rest you must be exhausted I looked at it and I was tired <laughs> I'm, I'm his ventriloquist he's thrown you in it there yeah. uh, it, it, you can make this as hard as you can on yourself uh, which I did for many years or you could uh, you could you know, realize where you're at in life. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not 24 anymore, so getting sleep is optimal. Not staying up till five in the morning. You know, uh, you know. So that in and of itself, just trying to stay hydrated and stretching, all those things I never did. The priorities have changed slightly over 30 years. You could say that, but you know, ultimately, man, we're just still lucky that people give a shit enough to like want to hear those songs that this record has celebrating 25 years, right? This year. And we're playing songs that we haven't played in a long time, and it's, and it's still fun. And it's like, uh, as long as people give a shit, we're going to show up. We're going to step up and, and do whatever really it takes to make it happen. But, yeah, I mean, it's a little rougher when you're a little older, for sure. But, uh, you know, we're in it to win it, man. We're in it for the long haul. Is it weird and kind of nostalgic? Because one of my favorite bands are Thrice, and they're, on, they're doing an Artist in the Ambulance tour. And I'm seeing loads of bands doing, like, 20th anniversary, 25. When you go and revisit those songs that you haven't played for so long, does it feel like you're rusty? Does it feel like fucking hell, how we need to kind of learn and play these songs again? No, I think it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, you know, some of the songs from the album we have been playing, and then you just kind of get back in the mindset that you were in when that record was getting written and, and sort of like, oh, musically speaking, this is the ideas that I was having at that time. And they're all weirdly related to the same era, you know, 
from my brain. It's yeah. like, oh, all these songs have sort of a similar thread that runs through them. And you just kind of get yourself back in that flashback mode. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I know all these songs. I know how these go. It's weird. I didn't know if like the trip down memory lane is challenging. I don't know if you'd be like, I don't remember feeling this way when I wrote this song because I don't feel like that person anymore. I've heard people say that. I had a, I've had conversations different times with Brendan Kelly uh, yeah. from Lawrence Arms about this. You know, he's changed. Lawrence Arms actually has been his longest running project, but you know, he kept changing things up. And, and he's told me about his first band that we used to tour with. He's like, I can't sing those songs anymore. I don't feel those emotions. Um, I, I can't say that he's wrong. I've never felt that way. I felt like that was a part of my life that I'm showing you the photographs in my, yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, I don't think either one of us is right or wrong, but that's how I approach it. When I get out there and sing, you know, a song that we've been doing our whole career, uh, playing every night, all my best friends are metalheads. I, I, I still get off on the reaction, the energy from the crowd. It, it never, it never gets old. I'm not going to sit around my house and probably play metalheads on the guitar when no one's around or listen to it, but I'll play it every day the rest of my life on stage. Do you guys get any opportunities when you're at a festival like this to just go off and enjoy new bands or try and discover new music? Or is it just a case of we come here, we've got a job to do, and we kind of just need to get a good life balance of just trying to get some rest because we've got to do it all again tomorrow? A little bit. On, on a bill like this, man, we just have a lot of friends here. We've played shows with you know, a dozen of these bands. So there's just a lot of hanging out to do, it feels like, you know, to kind of see in friends. And it's kind of when you are a touring musician for as long as, as we've been, a lot of your better friends and people that you relate to the best you only see on the road yeah you know there's not <laughs> so it's just kind of like a fraternal get together i was gonna say does it feel like you know? one big family and you're like catching up with your great uncle and your auntie and all your kind of because you're all you're all going through the same thing we're all sitting in the middle of a field uh you know just getting off a coach looking for a place to crap you know so <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rock you know, and roll, baby. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. but but I mean it for real. Like in that aspect, you're you know you're you're living on the road, as Roger said. We we know a ton of people out here, so uh, it's comforting in that respect. Because you know we've only been out for two days, and we haven't done any any touring this year. This is really the first thing, and we're we're busy for the next four months. But uh, you know, it's uh, we wake up fortunate in a field to be doing this still. I'm not just saying this as being kind of biased, but. The UK crowds are fucking awesome, aren't they? They're just hungry for music. There's so many good UK festivals, but genuinely, Slam Dunk just feels the right size. You can bump into the same people. There's no dickheads, and everyone just has fun. Yeah, this is, you know, what I can't get over, yeah, it's a great festival, and as Raj said, we've been doing it since its infancy. We've seen it grow, but I can't believe how many festivals there are here now. Yeah. And that they mostly all of them do well you rarely see cancellations and to your point it's people love their music and um you know it's a uh, it, we've had per capita probably our biggest uh biggest reach uh in the uk we've you know we we got promoted insanely 20 years ago we were in magazines and all that stuff and we got a really big push here and we were lucky to get on those Reading and Leeds and those early slam dunks and those download festivals and, and, and all that and that really elevated the band. I think as well what's really important is people don't realize that during COVID bands really got hit hard because if you work in an office you can go and sit at home and still go on your computer you can do your job from home but you guys for two years basically were like tied up in a prison going you can't do what you're fucking good at that's very true that was a crazy time it was a bit of a reset for the whole industry really and uh you know 
we, we barely got through that. You know, we did a couple of live streams to kind of pay the bills and things like that, but uh, we were all just in a holding pattern for a while there. I think I've seen a massive change that people now are like buying tickets straight away because they're like, I'm never going to take it for granted. That could be the last show. I was honestly getting notifications on my emails. Incubus cancelled. Faith No More cancelled. You know, um, I, I think it was Deftones cancelled. And I was like, I just want a fucking gig. I will go and see anyone right now just to experience live music. So I suppose, like you said, it's a bit of a reset for you. But in Mal, you now must have this whole kind of different mindset of like, I might not never get to do this again. It's very true, man. I mean, we're lucky to do this all the time. So <laughs> it's great. It's great. I think most people kind of feel that way, too. They're like, all right, so I'm going to make the most of this concert. I'm going to like show up, you know, like ready to go with like my cooler full, so to speak. And uh, I, you can feel it. People are excited again. It's a, this is like the first uh, the first time we've been over here for a real tour since all of COVID, too. So I can feel the excitement in the air. And we haven't been around for 31 years. We've been around for 29 years because we lost two years to COVID. It's so, true. Yeah, it's we're, not, we're not 30 yet. <laughs> and correct me We're if I'm wrong, you guys are doing some UK dates? Is there any announcement for like a full tour? Oh, yes. That's going to be coming next year. Yeah, that's, awesome. that, that's getting announced here. It's not, it's not, is it? Oh, right, okay. I was going to say it's not official yet, but as we're sitting here, I, it, we're going to. It might be a bit. Yeah. Not a lot of talk about it, but yeah, we'll be around early next year. <laughs> Exclusive right. Mark and Me podcast yeah. announcement. I'm not sure. It might be February, but I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, that'll be cool. Okay. I'm really uh, grateful for you coming on. What I do on this podcast is, and it's my last question, normally I have one-on-one, -on -one, but you both are going to get to choose this. My outro piece of music for the podcast is chosen by the guests that are on the podcast. What's one of your favorite songs that means a lot to you that you want played after today's interview? What I'll do is I'll take one from you both, either do a nice little mix where there's two tracks, or I'll toss a coin and pick my favorite. But what's the song when I ask <laughs> so you the question that comes song, to your heart and soul? that you fucking love that means a lot to you? It could be a piece of music, a band, but a song that when I asked the question came to you. We were speaking about discovering new bands and things like yeah. that. There's a band from New Zealand that I'm really into that I feel like I got lucky that I found them. And they're called The Beths. The Beths. And the song is called Dying to Believe. And it's an amazing song. Check it out. Maybe, maybe. Maybe That's Christmas good, song will be better. New bands are great. Because some people are like, Sto like Rolling Stones. And I'm like, oh, The no, Beatles. No, yeah. And I'm not, like, not no, that, someone no. new. Yeah, that's a, that's a great band. What's your choice, dude? Hmm, someone new. I don't know if anybody knew. I, I'm, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go Iron Maiden. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Maiden. And, um, wow. Gosh, there's so many Maiden songs. Today I'm feeling wasted years. Right, that's going to win. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh man, those two were hilarious. Really good fun, so much energy, great slots at both North and South and just a brilliant band. Genuinely, and I mean this and I don't use this term a lot, absolute legends and I really can't wait to see them in the new year, like I said, on a joint tour with Bowling for Soup in the UK. I think as I'm recording this right now, tickets are on sale and who knows, there might be an interview with Bowling for Soup coming up in just the very near future. What a tease. Next up, and this is my final interview for the first special that I'm doing for the Slam Dunk Specials, I'm joined by an artist that I have never seen until this weekend. And I'm going to put my hand on my heart right now and say, for me, it was the performance of the weekend, Paris. 
absolutely unbelievable a flawless performance the energy the guitar playing the vocals oh my god lynn is just a genius since i've come back from the weekend i've spent most of the week listening to her music and i've been blown away just unreal and i'm sure you can tell by my tone and just the way how she affected me at this festival i'm now one of the biggest fans and again i can't wait to go to a show i really hope i can get paris back on the podcast lynn was just absolutely brilliant i absolutely adore her and hey this is the final interview for the first part but don't go too far because it won't be long until i give you another episode with three brand new interviews so let's get to the final interview. Here's me and Lynn from Paris talking all things music. I'm here with Lynn from the band Paris. Welcome to Mark and Me Podcast. Thanks for having me. First of all, what I like to do for people that are tuning in is give them a flavor for how music came into your life. Yep. So let's take it right back to the start. Can you remember that first album as a kid that you used to listen to all the time, know all the words to, and basically made you fall in love with music? Ooh, it might have been... I feel like I'm uncovering a lot of my childhood lately and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense, like connecting the dots a bit better. Um, but I feel like it was either Britney Spears or NSYNC. Nice. Those are like the good starters. And then when I got a little bit older and started to like a bit more alternative music, my parents didn't like want us to get anything with parental advisory no which is that a that's a thing here right it is and that was the cool thing like to buy an album and have that sticker on the yeah, cover I that always, was awesome i always wanted it but my parents were like nope but we'll find you like a movie soundtrack that has it which i think at the time it was such a thing for for movies so then i kind of moved on to that so naturally there's a pretty like eclectic blend of music through that so i think my taste kind of just like that's amazing and for me I always say this on the podcast because I think it's important but music changed for me when I went from the days of listening to cassettes and CDs to seeing a band live yeah uh, I'm quite proud that one of my first live gigs was Green Day and I was like fuck this band are awesome they're tight they sound great Billy Joe's voice on stage unbelievable can you remember that first gig that you went to that was like when your ribs kind of shake the hairs on your neck stick up and you're like this is everything I want to do. Yeah, I remember in, I think I was in middle school, went to see Jimmy Eat World and Paramore. Jimmy Eat World, one of my yeah. favorite bands ever. Yeah, it was it was the two of them. And I remember that night being like, this is, this is really powerful. And then I think the next show after that was like very far, uh, far, not far from that, but like a long time after that was Florence and the Machine in uh, 2015. I don't know where you really kind of go from starting with Jimmy World, who've been in the business for over 20 years. I've had Jim Adkins on the podcast, genuinely one of the best songwriters ever. Clarity yeah. for me is perfect. But Paramore, I don't care if people rip me for it. I don't think there's a better songwriter or vocalist on the planet than Hayley Williams. I really don't. She's great, yeah. She's just fun, has great lyrics, and they just, 
evolve as a band. They never rest on their morals and play the same kind of punky stuff. They're now doing stuff that's... It sounds like nothing else from the start, which is great. Yeah, I think that's what every band should do. Massively. Every band, every artist. Keep growing, keep evolving. So what point was it that you then decided you want to be in a band? When was it that you kind of thought, this is something I really want to do. I can't imagine in... I can't imagine myself kind of working in a shop nine to five. I want to I want to perform. I want to be on stage. Yeah, I, I think I knew in like middle school that I wanted to do something creative, but I didn't like know it was music yet. But I did my school had like a lot of after school programs where you could do like concert band, jazz band, guitar lessons, um, like a public school version of it but it was it was what it was and it was amazing and I'm really grateful that we had that like resource so in middle school I did a lot of that so after school pretty much all the time I'd be like around instruments and a lot of the times the teachers like would kind of half teach us and they'd also just like let us mess around on the instrument so I remember they had like a drum set they had electric guitars they had basses they had um a bunch of like classical acoustic guitars. They're all like battered up and pretty broken, <laughs> but they were instruments Some have got like two or three strings, but you get yeah, it. But yeah, but they worked. Um, and so, yeah, kind of grew up around that. And that was like a lot of my after schools. And um, I think in those moments, cause my, my, I have an older brother who's like three years older, but he was like starting to form middle school band, high school band and he eventually like started having like practice at the house or whatever and I kind of like always just was around it and really liked it and I think in those years kind of started putting it together that that music was the right route and that's awesome it still felt like not the most practical but um, it just kind of came together and how does it feel now does it feel real that you're here with all these thousands of people you're playing at I think a legendary festival. Now, it's unbelievable when you look at the poster. You must look and see Paris on there and be like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, totally. I haven't seen, like, I've seen the poster, but I haven't processed everybody on it. Still, I keep having to go check and be like, oh, this person's here, this person's here. Um, But yeah, it feels pretty surreal to still be doing this after almost 10 years. And Do you still get nervous? Do you feel like... Oh my god, like some of the bands on there that have been here for 20, 25 years. I've just had less than J-Con. You must be like, they're legends. And you get to share the stage with these bands and be like, we really need to up our game each time. You know, We really want to kind of put on a show that people who may have come to the festival to see other bands leave saying, Paris are fucking awesome. I want to check them out when I get yeah. home. Um, I think I used to feel that pressure and I would stress myself out too much by worrying about like making a good impression or winning the crowd over and I would really let it get to me especially as a woman for some reason you have your the doubts are placed on you a little bit more and I used to really like internalize that and feel that and now I don't want to think about any of that and I just want to go up and have fun playing with my best friends and that's the main intention and if people connect with that that's great so and that's what it should be about you should be there having fun if you're there thinking it's like a job you're always going to be stressing out, always having anxiety, always worrying. Yeah. I mean, always want to sound good and do well, but there is only so much you can, like, control at the end of the day. So it's really just like, okay, go in, enjoy it, embrace the music, and cross your fingers and hope for the best. 
see and what happens. And as we sit here, you've announced that you've got the album Evergreen coming out. Yes. Does it feel like, because you may have sat on this album for a while, it might be finished and you're like trying to think to yourself, do we start incorporating some of the new songs into the set? Or do you try and do like a best of knowing that the fans are here that want to hear those songs they're used to? Or do you try and get a good mix? Definitely a good mix. Um, I think from the newer album, it was like, okay, which songs fit accordingly to this festival and the energy that's mainly here and kind of doing that with the older stuff too. That's amazing. Yeah, just finding a good blend. I think with the new stuff as well, you can tell when you're watching a band, you've played the same songs, some songs for maybe seven, eight years. To play something new, it's more creative, it's more inspiring, it's yeah. more exciting. You can tell when a band's got something new and they're really proud to show off. So I think it's important you don't just play the obvious, like, best of. Yeah. New songs, you get to see kind of new blood in you all. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, I think there is, like, a pressure to accommodate for old time a lot of the time. And I, I'm like, there's got to be a fine line where you just give a little bit of that and also keep pushing forward and it's finding that balance, I guess. I think think sometimes people are afraid to like get out of that and they cater to something from like 10 years ago it's so true do you kind of come to these festivals as well and try and use a chance to have an opportunity to maybe check out other bands or are you just kind of shit we've got to do this set and then kind of relax and make sure we don't overdo it because we're doing it all again tomorrow a little bit of both i have my little list that i want to see and once I check that off, I'll kind of just see where the evening takes me, but usually pretty like low key and like to relax. But it's, I love the, the grounds that the festival's on, so I might go for a little hike later or something. Or I love this. We're at a festival and you're grass. up on a hill miles it's away. It's beautiful. I, I want to walk around in it. No, it does look absolutely beautiful, yeah. but I'm too old now. I'll just ache the next day. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm just getting too old. Yeah, I, I'm still pretty jet lagged too, so I, I think definitely want to rest as much as I can. So Have a busy are there next any bands on the list that you're like eager to see today or tomorrow? I I think I'm missing her, but I really wanted to see Scene Queen. Who's playing earlier? Um, I think if it's two thirty, I probably missed yeah. the set. But Orgasm, amazing. Um, Enter Shikari. They've been on the podcast recently, and here in the UK, they had a number one album. And bands like Enter Shikari don't get number one. Yeah. And it's so good to see bands that work so hard, that do it all themselves, get recognition. And number one in the chart is just yeah. unheard of. I think there's a really great shift coming there for is. the industry, and I think just how people listen to music. I think there's a greater appreciation for like established artists that have do it, been doing this for a long time. I think. If you've paid your dues, they're coming. It is. It's, it's so it's true. Really and there's nice. bands that like Sleep Token have just released their third album. And I think they're on course to be in the top five. And it's like, those guys have worked so fucking hard. It's so good to see. Yeah. A really cool band as well to see live. I strongly recommend seeing Sleep Token. And also, we're really looking forward to Billy Talent. What a great band. Yeah. They're right after us, huh? Yep. So we'll make sure we watch you at Leeds and Billy Talent and we'll get to see you twice I might just stay by our stage I feel like everybody that is on my list is on on the stage so. <laughs> stay there all day yeah. have a little picnic it's right next to the van I'm good that's awesome what I do I'll on wear this wear my pajamas <laughs> that would be amazing watch, watch a bunch of music <laughs> have a little bathtub fuck yeah. it like, sorry everyone else what I do on the podcast and it's my final question because I'm wary of time 
I ask every guest that comes on to pick their final song that gets played. So after today's interview with me and yourself, um, there's a song played, but you get to choose it on the spot. So is there a song by any band in the world or a piece of music that you love that when I asked the question came to your head and your heart before anything else, that after today's interview is edited, it plays beautifully out to that song? Ooh, does it have to be sentimental? It can be anything you want. Someone's had a fucking theme tune from The Simpsons. Someone's had a Yoko Ono 20-minute B-side. And then other people have just picked stuff like Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones. Okay. I don't know which way to lean. Wherever your heart told you first. Um, I'm going to go to my Spotify and see see what... Which NSYNC song? What was my last... Okay, this is actually a good one. Um, there is an artist called Chloe. Chloe. She has a song called Body Do, and it's my pump-up song, and it's it's my current current jam. What I love is when people pick something I've never heard, because then I'll spend the next week just solidly listening to Chloe. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. But thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with the sets. We will see you on stage here and tomorrow, and I wish you all the luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. So there it is. There's my final interview for the first part in my slam dunk specials and I wanted to go out on a real high. Oh my god, Lynn was amazing. And as you heard on my introduction to Paris's interview, just unbelievable. Just for me, going there and discovering a new artist is what festivals are all about. Slam Dunk has this amazing lineup with some incredible bands and absolute legends. And honestly, when I went over to the main stage and watched Paris, I didn't know what to expect. And I was just blown away. I was totally absorbed. I couldn't take my eyes off the stage. And now you've won me as a massive fan. And I can't wait to hear the brand new album coming really soon. It's going to be unreal. I just want to say now, thanks for everyone that's took the time to listen to today's episode. As I said, I was extremely busy at both sites during Slam Dunk. So this isn't the only free interviews you're going to get. It's going to be very, very soon that you get the whole new batch of another free brand new interviews. What I do want to say now, if you've enjoyed today's interviews, and these podcasts will always remain free, but please go on markandme.com, follow my Twitter page, or like me on Facebook, or follow me on Instagram, and if you've really enjoyed these interviews today, please share them. It costs you guys at home absolutely nothing. Maybe there's going to be a whole new set of listeners that come on board who've been at Slam Dunk and have now seen these guests on this podcast and stick along for the ride. That is all I can ask for, so if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it. I do also have a Patreon account, so if you do want to throw me a couple of pounds to say thanks for these episodes, it helps me then go out to more festivals and record more specials like this for you guys at home. There is a link on markandme.com and all the money that comes in via Patreon goes right back into the podcast. I'll be back, honestly, very soon. Blink and you might miss it with another free interviews from Slam Dunk. So until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Do you ever wonder... Like who else is fucking your man? Your body like this. Your body like this. Your body like this. Your body like this.